electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. Organized retail crime where we have to lock things up. Are the power tools the most the first thing that you have to lock up? Home Depot CEO Ted Decker takes us inside retail's biggest problem. And in the store, we're, you know, we hate doing it. We've had to lock up a lot of high-value items. Straight from the floor of the Dow's biggest retailer. Will you reach the point where there are stores you have to shut down? This isn't the random shoplifter anymore. These are organized crime rings. An extended interview on the problem of shrink and a marked change in consumer behavior. But there was such a shift of spend from services to goods, and particularly home improvement goods. How doers are getting more done, and how Home Depot finds growth. Housing, we're, we're super bullish. That big interview today, plus Oracle's strong quarter, real estate's really big problems, and Pat Sajak spinning the wheel of fortune to its next host. Do you want the job? No, no, I can't do it myself. I, I, I told you, I need all the letters. It's Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one. Cue it, please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin, waiting for news this morning, looking for things coming out. The shares of Oracle, this is like a, a beast. It always has been, seems like. Our higher earnings of $1.67 a share beat estimates of $1.58. Revenue, 17% growth year over year. That also beat expectations. And uh, current quarter uh, was in line. Uh, and that's a pretty look, good looking chart uh, for 2023. Uh, anyway, Oracle now uh, up about 4.3% on the session. Shares of, yeah? It's a, I mean, that's an AI play, too. This yeah. is AI computing, that, uh, power that's needed for it. I think that's what helped out power the cloud. And so every one of these really strong stories you hear, we were just talking about the NASDAQ being up so sharply. All of those really strong short stories, are, many of them at least, are tied back into AI. Yeah. Yeah. 314 Bilskis, Oracle. Pretty, and the guy's still... I don't know, I guess he's getting up there a little, but uh, Larry, he's not a geezer, really. Uh, and to start out all in your, uh, in your right, Andrew? And he's, he's got one yep. of those, does he still got one of those, yep. those big babies with the... Yachts, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah with, with so. like a uh, couple Basketball of heliports and, and yeah, uh, good, good living. Except even on a big cruise ship, you can feel that thing moving. And then when you get off it and you're walking around, you're like, you know, so I don't I don't know. You do get to move your your luxury accommodations wherever you want. That's kind of cool. You've never been on one of these. <laughs> huh? You're just guessing this, right? No, I've you been on one. You've been on a, one not, of these luxury not yachts? For an ex, not for an extended period, but I've been on cruise ships many times. Really? Oh, my God. I went, I did the uh, the Mexican Riviera with my parents, did uh, Greece and, and the uh, That shocks and me. You always say you wouldn't do it. I, did, I, and, and that's when I went to Malta. You know, I've been you know, lobbying for the ambassadorship of Malta ever, ever since. since? I, yeah, yeah, there's nothing to do. Beautiful, uh, just parties, uh, I think. Um, small enough to, to where you wow. can, what? 
I, I, I didn't know. I thought oh, you yeah, had never yeah. been on a and cruise. And Hawaii. It's a great way to go to Hawaii. You, you see, because you know what I say about Hawaii. The worst Best place island. ever. The worst island is the greatest place in the world. Yeah. Take, take, take the worst one, and it's the greatest place. Am I just finding this out that you went oh, on yeah, cruises? Yeah, I went on cruises, man. Lobster. All you get is <laughs> just lobsters. Hey, here's some lobster. There's lobster in your room. Lo pieces of lobster. Mm. This constant and alcohol. Shares of Manchester United are soaring after a media report uh, in Qatar suggested a son of the country's former prime minister is poised to be announced as the preferred bidder of the Premier League soccer club. Now, the Times reported earlier this month that the uh, purchase offer was approximately $6.3 billion. Yeah, you'd think, I know how skeeved out you are by well, cruises. Well, no, you say, but you say it all well, the time. Well, in recent, ever since, when I went, there hadn't been uh, like any outbreaks of like Legionnaires or any of that gross stuff. And um, I, I didn't know then that, that all the water was like sort of just, yeah, recirculated. Toilets. I was going to say, the comments you've made recently, <laughs> I didn't think you'd have It's not gross. that way. It's not that way. But there are a lot of people. Yes. And it might, Andrew, it might not be good to do it now because, you know, you're kind of trapped. Wait. If no, it, I, I would. Everybody you know, would know you. Everybody would know you. Andrew Ross Sorkin. Oh, or at I least they you think you're Aaron Sorkin. At least they think you're Aaron Sorkin. I thought Sorkin. you were talking about being on the, on the, on the yacht with Larry Ellison. What are you oh, talking about? Oh, that would be good. And, and Leo and <laughs> who else goes? They, they, Lloyd Blank finds constantly on nice pictures of him. Yeah, all those guys. Get them. Oprah hanging out. New York City office occupancy reaching a 50% threshold last week from pre-pandemic levels. That's according to data from the security company Castle Systems. That's based on key card swipes. Other cities like Washington, D.C. and San Francisco have yet to break the 50% mark. And uh, one piece of uh, just sort of, as you think about numbers and things of being relative, it's not out of 100% really, because on average, typically, um, even pre-pandemic, the number actually was only 70% on any given day. Could leave that up. All right, speaking of uh, San Francisco, uh, mall operator Westfield uh, it said it's giving up control of its San Francisco Center Mall after more than 20 years uh, of operation. It's going to surrender the property uh, to its lender, who will then appoint a receiver to operate the property. Westfield attributed the decision to what it's calling challenging operating conditions in downtown San Francisco, uh, which have led to decline in sales, occupancy, and foot travel. In recent months, several of the mall's major stores pulled out, including Nordstrom, Banana Republic. It's like we're in the Banana Republic, actually. And a Westfield uh, spokesperson said last month Nordstrom pulled out due to unsafe conditions for customers, retailers, and employees. It was the hotel that just big walked away from the biggest crime. Hotel. It, it, yep. It, I mean, I've been, I haven't been in a couple of years, but when I was there, there are those beautiful, obviously, townhouses that, that you see around, that you saw on, what was the name of it? There was a, like a sitcom where they owned Full House. Full yeah. House. Yeah, Full, full House, beautiful. There's like 30 tents. There's like 30 tents in front of them. So you walk out of your, your multi-million dollar townhouse into like a Rio de Janeiro slum, basically, is, is what it looks like down there. And, and the whole city's like that. Who thought that this was okay? That this was something that, that we were gonna be able to tolerate because we were virtuous? Something needs to be done. You agree with that, Anna? I mean, what are we doing? That's the most beautiful city, the city by the bay. I mean, I just can't believe, you know, Gavin Newsom was on TV yesterday, like, bragging about how great things are. Uh, it's bizarre. Bizarre to me. He's got good hair. Got to say that. 
good-looking guy. Look, the Home Depot said that that is, I mean, if, if you read some of the articles about Home Depot and where they're really locking up a lot of things and where they've had some serious problems, the Bay Area is a big part of it. It's like lawless. I, I think the whole broken window thing, we've got to figure this out. We've figure this out. Coming, but there's no... No crime crisis. Or I, I think Andrew had something to say. Oh, you did? No, no. no I, I agree. We have a huge, huge crisis. San Francisco, Seattle, Chicago. Right. You knew the cities. top three cities when we were talking to one of the hotels. That's where the real right. problem is. I mean, right. and we're having it elsewhere. I don't, I don't understand why people haven't stepped in. I mean, Broken I do. Broken windows. Political reasons. But Prosecutors. I don't know what to think of this next story, uh, Andrew. We got to talk about it, Joe. Uh, this is news we got to talk about the entertainment industry and specifically Wheel of Fortune. Pat Sajak, who hosted Wheel of Fortune for more than 40 years, said he plans to retire next year. Sajak is 76. He said the coming season, which begins in September, will be his last. He didn't say who will succeed him. I don't know where Vanna White is in all of this, but I'm putting our own David Faber up for the job, given his great success during the Jeopardy Well, I was going to say, he should be the Jeopardy. He should be the Jeopardy guy. Yeah. If he could that, replace Mayim, I'd put David on there. Any, I love Ken. Uh, it's really difficult to watch when, 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 when Ken's not there. <laughs> he was great. was great. He's not going to do Wheel of Fortune, although it pays, uh, that's for sure. Say Why Jack's, not? Say I Jack's, think Faber with the big wheel could be unbelievable. I don't know. It's like Hangman. It's not like Jeopardy where you've you got to be a genius. Yeah. It's It's hard. Oh, it's very it's hard. hard for me. Do it, you know that. I can't do. I, can I can't spell. do Wheel of Fortune. I, I can't do Wheel. I can't do either. But Wheel of Fortune uh, is when I really realize I can't. Right. I need. That, I need all the, the letters brain. there for me Faber's to, to, the to brain. get it. This is his. This is it's his. A, it's calling. a different type, though. It's a spatial sort of. Puzzle. It makes it difficult right. if you need all the letters to get the answer. Yeah, I can't win. play the. Uh, I can't. I. But you know what? what are you, Sajak, you play the Wordle every day. I do. It's I'm good at that. I'm good different. at Octurtle. It really is. It, Wheel it's of not, not the same. Um, Sajak's amazing. Hold on. You, hold on. Maybe yeah, I missed this. Do you, do you want the job? No, no. I can't do it myself. I, I, I told you, I need all the letters to be there. I need all. Well, wait a minute. I, if they offer it to me, what, what are we talking? What I'm kind gonna, of I, could, I could try, you know, I know some people. I can make some phone calls. Uh, what, that would be. I, I think Pat does okay. Yeah. I think I Pat assume. does uh, does okay, but he's hilarious. It's, we're going to miss him. He's uh, he never stuff happens, and he's always nice. Because sometimes ha stuff happens where yeah, you're only missing one letter, and it's a common word, you and, and they don't get it. Yeah. I would. What is wrong with you? I, I would. Know, Joe, actually, I don't think this job <laughs> isn't calling. Actually, no. I think you you might struggle with that. It's like we were talking the other day. Can you imagine me being a waiter? I thought my son says I could never. I go. I could never be a waiter. No. I could never be a waiter. One nasty comment, I'd be like, shut up, you know, throw the food in. The, I, I couldn't. You don't have the temperament. No. no. <laughs> like smiling. Yeah. Service jobs. Anything else? No. Cheese will be next. Coming up, what the Dow's biggest retailer can tell us about the economy. Home Depot's COVID home improvement boom may have slowed down. There was such a shift of spend from services to goods, and particularly home improvement goods, over the prior three years. CEO Ted Decker is watching the consumer shift and questions that didn't make our TV broadcast that you'll hear only on Squawk Pod. So I did some hydrangeas this weekend. Some Purple, blue. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. 
or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. So this one... Okay, good. Today, we are bringing you an extended listen to Becky Quick's visit to Home Depot. You guys do, like, organized crime. There's, what is it, were there 400 situations last year where you had to deal with organized crime? Oh, I I mean, way more. Way more. Yeah, unfortunately, it's um, it's, it's an everyday occurrence in and her first sit-down with the $300 billion retailer's CEO, Ted Decker. So, so Becky, we talked about product development. Yeah. This is a private label, Home Depot, two, two brands and patio or three. A 23-year veteran of the company, Decker became CEO last year. He's a former merchant. He loves the layout of the stores. You want me to show you the power tools side mm-hmm. of it? Yeah. So we're, now we're going to go down the front of the store about half. The product mix. Rigid is another program exclusive to the Home Depot. Excuse me, guys. How are you? Hi, how are you? Hi, good. And Hi. here's Makita. And figuring out ways to answer consumer questions about anything and everything home improvement. Last month, Home Depot reported its biggest revenue miss in more than 20 years and lowered its forecast for this year as consumers coming out of the home improvement boom of the pandemic delay large projects and buy fewer big-ticket items. Today, Decker meets Wall Street at the company's annual investor conference. Home Depot expects sales and comparable sales to decline between 2% and 5% in 2023 compared to last fiscal year and earnings per share to drop by 7 to 13%. This feels very Hollywood, doesn't it? (laughs) Becky Quick sat down with Ted Decker at a busy Home Depot in New Jersey ahead of the investor conference. All right, Ted, first of all, um, thank you for inviting us out. It is really a pleasure to be here. Um, Stores are always fun. You've got Investor Day, though, and a lot has changed in the environment since your last Investor Day. You want to talk about what you're seeing right now and how the environment has changed? Well, thank you first for coming out. It is always fun to be out in the stores. We, we had explosive growth, as you knew. During the COVID period, the Home Depot grew $47 billion, 43%. Just spectacular performance. We grew our EPS 60%. So we always knew this year was going to be a bit of moderation for the home improvement market. Principally, the consumer, I think, is still in pretty good shape. But there was such a shift of spend from services to goods, and particularly home improvement goods, over the prior three years. So we knew that there was going to be a period that that spending was going to shift from goods into services. Do you know it's pretty hard to get an airline ticket these days, so people are traveling. So we knew there was going to be a bit of moderation this year. 
but the underlying fundamentals of the business couldn't be stronger. We have our analysts meeting, and we're going to go out and talk about the future of Home Depot, the future of the consumer, our marketplace that remains super strong, and how the Home Depot is going to continue to focus on growth. We think in a, in a stabilized base case, we can grow the top line 3 to 4%, grow EPS mid to high single digits, and then as some of our investments come online, satisfying the pro, the larger pro purchase, and continuing to take friction out of our consumer shopping journey, we, we can grow even faster than that 3 right. to 4 percent. When do you see the market stabilizing? You're yeah. talking about a stabilizing home improvement market. Yes. And that's not what we have right now. Right. And the short answer to that is we don't know. And, and um, as we went into 2023, we thought the market would be down low single digits and we could, you know, fight for share. We always try and take share in any environment, but fight for share and get to a flat comp. We knew there was going to be pressure in lumber, and then unfortunately we had a pretty tough late spring through much of the country. So when we did our had our first quarter earnings call, and we had a minus 4.6% comp, we updated guidance for all of 2023 and said, we're seeing, first of all, the lumber is real. We're going to realize that one-ish percent comp pressure in lumber probably not going to get back all of the garden sales, particularly in a, in a state like California where we have huge penetration. They don't have the swings of the north where you know if you have a bad first quarter, you can, can make it up in the second quarter. They have a steadier business. So if you lose a quarter, you kind of lose a quarter. So with that, plus watching the PCE shift from goods to services continuing, we said, you know, this is going to last certainly through 2023. And we updated our guidance and said our comp sales are going to be in the range of minus 2 to minus 5%. And the difference of those two ranges is just how much that PCE shifts. It's an imperfect science because we're talking about $18 trillion of consumer spend and, and we're looking at basis points, but directionally we think the thesis makes sense. So we purposely said for, for the investor and analyst conference that you know we're not going to call when when this 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 moderates you know if you tell me what the fed's going to do and, and what are they going to do wednesday and and how much are they going to do and are we going to have a, a recession or not we want to focus on the long-term investments in the company to take share with our consumer and pro customers and that's why we went out and talked about a stabilized case which could it go into 24? Certainly. Would it go much longer than that? As we sit here today, we wouldn't think so. So when you talk about that stabilized case, the base case sees you taking market share. What's the best case scenario? Well, again, we, we said 3 to 4% top line growth mm -hmm. um, in the base case. And as our initiatives continue to kick in and we keep getting more share with the pro larger complex purchase, you know, it's, it's four plus. We left it at four plus for sales and then faster EPS growth. Ted, how do you grow market share with the pro customer? About half of your sales are, are pro sales, which is a little surprising because people see you as the do-it-yourself right. market. Right. Right. How, how do you do that? What's your plan? So we look at the whole market. We've, we've updated our, our total addressable market for North America to $950 billion. And again, that's, it's an imperfect science, but we think with the pro and the, and the consumer um, 
piece of, of our business that we can address, it's about $950 billion. It's evenly split between pro and consumer, so about $475 billion each. And our business is split about 50-50. We've always been the home for the pro as well as the consumer. One of the thoughts is if you have the pro brands and everyday low pricing and value, you're going to get the pro customer in the halo effect of having those great brands in the store, the consumers can draft off that experience. So what we're trying to do with the pro is, having always had the pro in the business, again, 50% of our business, there's so much of the pro market that we really don't play in today. And what we, we refer to that is the larger, complex, more planned purchase with the pros. The good news, all pros are in our business, in our stores. And when I say all pros, I mean, you can have you know, state highway, you know, road workers in our store. You can certainly have repair remodelers in our store, tradespeople in our store. So all pros are in a Home Depot store. It really is a matter of the purchase occasion of why they're here. And with smaller pros, they tend to be buying their entire project. It's a planned project, but they're working on a smaller project. I'm, I'm doing the flooring, then I'm doing the molding, then I might be putting in light fixtures and painting. The larger pros, they tend to use us for fill-in and emergency purchase. And when they are planning out their larger project, it's usually much higher um, quantities of goods and often delivered. So when we talk about the pro infrastructure, it's what do we have to put in the marketplace to satisfy the needs of that larger pro on a larger purchase. We've done loads of research on this. We, in, in, we said, does Home Depot have the right to play and do we have the right to win? The answer to those is yes. We want to do for wholesale much of what we did for retail. A few weeks ago, you said that it wasn't consumer weakness as much as it was project size that really dropped. Is that a trend you're still seeing in the stores? Yes, the, the, um, it's hard to put your finger on it. How much is pulled forward? How much is some inflationary sensitivity? How much is some concern that you're just pulling back? Larger discretionary items that aren't really a need. So we're sitting here in patio, these are beautiful, but it's more of a discretionary purchase. Grills are over here. You know, maybe I can get through one more year with my grill. Maybe I bought a grill two years ago in COVID. Appliances, um, there's, there's a break fix replacement cycle in appliances, but there's also an upgrade decor orientation sure. of appliances. So we are seeing more of, of the, the break fix replace than, than upgrade and a little sensitivity to these single larger priced discretionary items. You mentioned earlier that uh, tell you what the Fed is going to do and then you'll tell me your outlook and when you think the market will stabilize. So the Fed's meeting this week. Mm. If they pause as expected and then raise once or twice as the market is kind of expecting or baking in at this point, what does that mean? What's your outlook for the housing industry right now? So we, we think long-term housing, we're, we're super bullish and, and the principal reason is there's a fundamental shortage of houses in the United States. When you think back to the, the great financial crisis in, in our recession in 2007, 8, and 9, a lot of that was, was housing initiated. And there was a lot of speculation, there was overbuilding, no dock loans, etc. Fundamentally different right now in housing. Um, people tend to have fixed rate mortgages, um, 80 odd percent of those are under 5%. It's actually one of the issues with the supply of That's housing wants in the to market. Because right. I've got, I have, some people have two and a half percent 30 year mortgages. Right. Interest rates, if, 
if I, I expect they will go up, maybe maybe not Wednesday, but I, I would expect they will go up. Um, you're going to have higher mortgage rates, and that will have more of an impact on new home construction in sales. But we we look at a fundamental shortage of housing of anywhere between two and four million units. We build something less than one million. So if you kind of do the math, you increase production 25 odd percent. It's hard to do given um, labor shortages and, and some material shortages. You're looking at 10 plus years, even in the best case example, to get the supply and demand imbalance. So in higher rates is actually good for you. In terms well, I, I don't know if I'd say good, but but it, it plays out to this dynamic of people staying in place and remodeling. Another thing that this, this um, shortage of housing has done is it's increased the value. So you think of our customer base again, tend to have someone with, with a good job. Our customers' um, household income tends to be 30, 35% higher than, than the U.S. as a whole. Home ownership at 80% is higher than 65 odd percent as the country as a whole. Home values at four four hundred and fifty thousand dollars of our customers is, is well above the national average, and they've seen this this asset, which for most of our customers is their single biggest financial asset. Certainly, in the last three years, home values have gone up over forty percent. So that's thirteen trillion dollars in that asset class just in the last three years. Right. Okay, let's talk a little bit about shrinkage in the stores. It's a huge problem for every retailer. You guys came out early, yeah. a few years ago, and talked about what a problem this is. Um, in some areas, I know you've had to lock up lots and lots of your of your merchandise, not just the big ticket items like it used to be, but even smaller things. Like yeah. what, what areas are the worst and what items do you now have to lock up as a result? Well. As you said, it is, it's a big problem for retail and it, and it goes across retail and, and, and just to take a minute sort of at the root cause of this, this isn't the random shoplifter anymore. A lot of this product is fenced on online marketplaces. So one of the big things we're doing is working with local, state and federal government to really educate them as to what's going on and we're, we're super happy with, with success in things like the Inform Act which passed last year goes into effect at the end of this month where the online marketplaces are going to have to effectively vet their resellers. I was going to say, are you frustrated with Facebook and with Amazon for the idea that they're selling fenced items? I mean, if you were selling stolen items here in the store, you'd be in big trouble for it. Well, that's, that's why we, we want this. The Inform Act is going to, going to make those marketplaces vet their, their, their sellers. And in the store, we're, you know, we hate doing it because we hate introducing friction to the customer shopping experience. But to your point, we've had to lock up a lot of high value items and they're not all big. So they're not all power tools and generators. You can have a circuit breaker that 50, 60, $80, those are high theft items. Will you reach the point where there are stores you have to shut down? Because this is a problem in some geographic areas more than others. Yes. Where, where is that? A number, a number of retailers have, have had to shut stores in, in certain tough cities. We're, we're fortunate that we have not. Um, we, 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 we tend to have a really nice real estate footprint in a, large, a number of the large U.S. metro markets. A lot of the ones that we see in the news mm -hmm. for some of these issues with sort of these ur urban issues. Um, we have not shut and don't have plans to shut stores. 
but we are increasingly concerned with some life safety of our associates and our customer base, and we've had to invest. You've had two employees yes. who have been killed very, with results. Very sad, very unfortunate, and we're having to you know, invest in more security guards and you know, lighting, you know, increased lighting in parking lots and in recording towers, and it's, it's not a place that many of us in retail thought we'd have to be. How big of a problem is it? Can you quantify it? Well, we know what our number is. Obviously, we don't we don't talk about it, but it has been it has been pressure on our gross margin, as with many other retailers have called out. Okay, to the point where it's material. It's 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 something that we're having to manage. Yeah, um, let's talk a little bit about digital and e-commerce because that's been a big part of the plan mm. that you have too. Is making sure there's more seamless um, yes. transition between the two. How do you do that? We're a project-based business. People research get inspiration, go online, come into the store, maybe buy something and take with them, maybe go back home and order something and have delivered, something installed. I mean, it's truly an interconnected journey between the physical and digital worlds. I think we've done a really nice job in, in retail in that. Our, our e-commerce site alone is the fifth largest retail e-commerce site. Um, but there's still a lot of friction. Um, and as we think of millennials and Gen Z who grew up truly in a digital world, they're just not gonna tolerate the sort of friction that I might. To me, it's all still very new and, and helpful, um, but to my daughters, it's, hey, Dad. Does that take a lot of investment to do that, or how do you? Well, we've been on the journey yeah. um, for years. Um, and, and as I said, done a nice job. Our penetration of, of digital is between 14 and 15 percent. So we have a 20 odd billion dollar digital business. But it's not so much about the sales dollars. It's the journey, and it's things like if you order, how's the the communication? How's the return of of, of uh, item you bought online? Are we truly taking friction out of that process? In our view, is the Home Depot being you know one of one of the, the great brands? I think certainly one of the most valuable brands in the world. Our customers don't judge us with a home improvement lens. They don't judge us necessarily with a retail lens. When you're by by Cantor's measure, we're the 25th most valuable brand in the world. I think we're kind of in that rarefied air that people judge the experience with Home Depot the same way they, they might, you know, what am I doing with the streaming service? What am I doing with the rideshare service? How easy it is, is it to add bags to an international airline flight? So if we're not offering that same level of true frictionless, seamless, interconnected journey, it's a potential markdown on the brand. So we're all about taking that friction out and winning share of this generation as well as the next generations. You've been here for, what'd you say, 22 years? It's been over 20 years yes. in the business. You've been in just about every department, I think, from finance to merchandising to pricing. Um, what was your favorite part, your favorite job you ever had here? Well, I don't know if I'd say my favorite job, but I can tell you the favorite thing to do. If you're having a bad day, you go into a Home Depot store, and that's by far the most fun and rewarding thing is to go into a store, a distribution center, spend time with our 475,000 associates, and spend time with our customers. We have the best customer base 
I, I just love our customers, engaging with them. I mean, it, it's an emotional connection. You're in a Home Depot store, you're here to fix something, solve a problem, or enhance this, this super valuable asset and, and help build the dream of you know, hearth and home for your family. So you have just a naturally, emotionally engaged customer, and they are fun, fun, fun. You have two hobbies, I think, gardening and live music Live venues. music. Okay, so what's the last thing you planted? So I did some hydrangeas this weekend. I, um, I, I planted some Purple, hydrangeas. I, I did the original, sort of the pink versus blue, depending on, on the pH in the garden. Right. And uh, that, that keep, my back is a little sore today, I have to admit. Okay, but, so Jay, Jay Powell was just at a Dead & Company concert. What's the last live concert you went to? Well, the, the last live concert I went to was Camp, which is this great new band out of Athens, Ohio. My daughters, who are millennials, are turning me on to just great new music. And I'm taking my younger daughter to a Noah Khan concert this Saturday for her birthday. Wow. So they're really, inter I'm, 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 right, classic, I'm classic blues rock. Is, is home base, but my daughters are introducing me to some pretty cool You are hipper music. than I am. I'm going to Stevie Nicks and Billy oh, Joel on Friday. Awesome. But That's great. <laughs> yeah. That, I, I, I've hit every one of Elton John's farewell tours. Full <laughs> bust. Uh, well, Ted, I want to thank you very much for the time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for hosting great us. Great to be here. Thank you. Hi. I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. That's the podcast today. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today or any other day, give us a rating and a review wherever you're listening right now. Go do it. Squawk Pod is the only place you'll hear Becky Quick's full interview with Home Depot CEO Ted Decker. And we have plenty more exclusive content waiting for you. Make sure you click that follow button so you don't miss a thing. We'll get you one of these to head home. I am. I'm going to buy one on my way right. out. Terrific. <laughs> Our TV broadcast, Squawk Box, is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin weekday mornings on CNBC. Tune in from 6 to 9 Eastern to catch them live. And we'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. 